Good evening, Girlfriends Talking. Welcome to another episode of Girlfriend Talking, where your story matters. I'm your host, Ramona Torres. So wherever you are, grab a drink, grab a seat, get comfortable. But before we start, I want you to do a couple things. I want you to make sure that you like and follow our Girlfriends Talking podcast. So grab your phone wherever you are. Go ahead and pull it out. Pull up Girlfriends Talking podcast Facebook page like and follow. And don't forget to subscribe to our Girlfriends Talking Podcast YouTube channel. And for those of you that are new, we also have a webpage, www.girlfriendstalkingpodcast.com. I'm excited tonight. Tonight I get to speak to uh, Jackie Hayden, who is a speaker and author, a pastor's wife, and she's going to talk to us a little today about a minister's wife who is she really? She's bringing her life experience and she's going to be sharing with us on tonight. So we're going to do a little um, quick conversation and then I am going to go back to the green room and allow her to speak to you and then she'll pray us out and then I'll be back and we'll be more than happy to take any questions um, and go over any comments that you might have. So uh, let us know where you're watching from, uh, what city, what state you're watching from. And if you're watching live, obviously you're watching live, right? But if you're watching on replay, put hashtag replay. So those are the things I want you guys to do tonight. And we're going to go ahead and bring um, Jackie in. Okay. Let's see. Hi, Jackie. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. And you? Good. Good. Where are you located, Jackie? Gladewater, Texas. We're about east of Dallas and north of Tyler and kind of in between Longview, Texas. So we're in the East Texas area. Oh, okay. How's the weather out there? Hot. It's very <laughs> hot today, huh? Yes, yes. Okay. We've had a, a bunch of cold days and uh, we've turned the heat on. And then today oh, yeah. I dressed for winter because it was cold this morning. And when I left my office, it was 75 degrees here in Pennsylvania. Oh, so who knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself before you go into your um, conversation with me tonight. Uh, you are a pastor's wife. I am a pastor's wife of 48 years. Oh, um, goodness gracious. Yeah. You deserve an award, girl. <laughs> we have uh, three grown kids and five grandkids, and we've been able to keep them kind of nested around us all these years. Uh, couple of them have kind of flown the coop a little further, but uh, all our grandkids are close by. So we get to have regular visits and uh, playtime with them. But um, we're very active at our church. My husband's pastor at a church in Longview, and um, I'm on the women's ministry team. So I fully enjoy that. And I sing in the praise and worship band and run the sound equipment and teach a Sunday school class when I need to. And and uh, going into the speaking world and visiting whoever will let me come and talk to them. Amen, amen, amen. So tell us a little bit about what it's like to be a minister's wife and who she is really. And I'm going to go ahead and leave um, the green. I'm going to go to the green room and then I'll let you talk to the audience. Okay. All right. Sounds you good. got this girl. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I am a minister's wife of 48 years and I have loved it. Um, it that has had its ups and downs. And I think that some of the things that I've had to go through that were either hurtful or joyous, you know, God's taught me all along the way how to be what I need to be. 
Am I qualified to be a minister's wife? I don't know. I married a preacher boy when I was 18 years old, and I guess that qualified me. Did I know what I was doing? Not really. And most of us probably didn't. I know when he uh, went to seminary after we were shortly married, he went to seminary for five years, but there wasn't really a class for us to go through. And so any learning and schooling that I got actually was from our Sunday school teacher who was the minister's wife. And she took in the seminary student wives and would lead and mentor them, which was very helpful. I learned a lot about um, when is a good time to say no and when is a good time just to do what you need to do and to keep your home a refuge and a safe place for your family to be. But, you know, along along that journey, as we've gone through churches and we've been a part of things, there's been um, joyous times and there have been hurt times. And for the pastor's wife that's out there listening to this now, I just want you to, to remember that there is hope and joy in everything you do and God honors all that you do. Now, is it going to be a bed of roses? No. Is there a lot, maybe some hurt times? Yes. Are you going to know what to do in every situation? No. You know, so we, we learn as we go through. I did not have a mentor per se as um, after we got out of seminary. So we had to learn some lessons the hard way. But, you know, there's a lot of preconceived ideas that people um, put on us that make us uh, uncomfortable of where where we're at in our Christian life because that um, when they have unrealistic expectations of what you do and can do and their opinion of what you should do may not be what God's called you to do. And a lot of times we will get into situations where we're teaching Sunday school or we're um, leading the women's uh the, the WMU, we're Southern Baptist, so missionary uh, side of that. And or running the nursery or planning women's events. Well, those are expectations that churches will put on us a lot of times that maybe are unrealistic because what did God call you to do? And then there's the times of um, ministering outside in your community. Where, where is your place in that? And then what do you wear? How are you supposed to look? How are you supposed to act? How are your kids supposed to act? Should they be doing this and should they not be doing this? Intentional and unintentional comments are always made when you're in the ministry. And it's really hard for us sometimes to determine, is this worth it? But I can tell you that many, many times that we have gone through some struggles in our church or in our situations, they were horrible. We didn't like it. We didn't like the lesson that we had to learn in it. But God showed us over and over and over that he was enough and he would bring us through that. You know, when I was talking about preconceived ideas of what people think we should wear and not wear. I always thought when I was um, probably 18, 19 years old after we'd gotten married, I thought, I don't know what I'm going, what am I supposed to look like? Because preacher's wife that I grew up with wore these little cute little dresses with the tie, with the belt around it, kind of like the June Cleaver look. And she might have gloves on. I know I'm dating myself quite a bit. Her hair might be really tied up in like a thousand bobby pins and fixed up. And, and, and I thought, I'm not that person. And then it seems like a lot of them played the piano. Well, I'm not that person. But I did have other things that I could do. 
you know, in a lot of the hurts that we went through, I thought I was alone. And we do have that loneliness in this life. God called us to it for a time that he wanted us to uh, be a partner and a team to our husband. But the things that we had to go through, if things were said about our husband or our family, it hurt us. And how do you react to it? Sometimes you had to swallow it. But in, in all of the negative that we've had to go through to get to where we are here, God showed us each time that he was faithful and faithful and faithful over and over and over. He either brought people alongside us or scripture verse um, that God would show us in the Bible uh, that his way was the best way. And that um, the biggest thing that I learned a lot out of a lot of that is that bitterness fuels unforgiveness. And we're women. We fight for our man. We fight for our children. But yet God needs to do that for us and let him get the victory out of it. So when we, you know, when we accept the gospel as a part of our husband's ministry, it's like, where is our place in that ministry? Well, what has God told you to do? Now, you know, a lot of times uh, the preconceived ideas I was talking about that um, they think you're coming in to save the church and that you can do either Sunday school or you can do the nursery or you can do women's mission or late the women's uh, uh, organizations where they have the retreats and stuff that you're all in charge in that. And maybe there's, maybe the church is a small church and they need you all on board for all those different areas. But I just want to warn you that you need to find your place in that. When we say yes automatically to something that's available that needs to be filled, then we may be stopping somebody else who God's already dealing with and we just got them off the hook. So be sure that, you know, when you're looking at ministry, where do you fit in? Where is your unique niche in that ministry? It did take me a long time to figure that out. Um, I wasn't a yes person. But I didn't, I, you know, it took me all this time to figure out where exactly is my ministry in the church. And by saying yes to everything, I would be miserable. I had sick children when they were little, um, had one that had meningitis. I wasn't sure was going to make it. We spent a lot of time in a hospital, you know, and and then then the kids got chicken pox. And it just seemed like it was over and over and over. And I thought, I'm never going to get out of that. And I had no help. And when I talk about no help, that's part of the loneliness that we can go, that we do go through. Most pastors and families are probably in one area, probably about five years at a time. So if you have to get up and move, then your family is uprooted. Your children are uprooted. They're having to leave their friends behind, make new friends where they're going. If you had family where you were at and you had to change to a new town, your family doesn't all come with you. So now you're left alone to do everything by yourself. And it's hard to, it's hard to swallow that when your uh, family's not around and you don't have that help. And so that loneliness creeps in. Well, who's your friend? Who do you confide in? And so one of the things that I usually try to remind our minister's wives is that loneliness is there. Do find a friend. Hopefully it's a friend outside of your church and don't tell everything you know. Even if it's the best of intentions of wanting to share your deepest heart and your deepest secrets to your best friend, 
If they're a member of that church, I just encourage you not to say, because once you get past it and you've forgiven, they may never see their pastor in the same light again. So that loneliness that we have, don't stay there. Seek out a group, a mom's day out. Um, I know in, in my area, uh, myself and another minister's wife started last year, a minister's wives network for East Texas. So we've given these ladies an opportunity that are in the ministry, that their husbands are in the ministry, that we meet together every other month so that we can share and pray. And it's a safe place to go to be able to get uplifted and filled and to maybe, maybe get rid of some of the, the hurts that they have felt. And how do they get out of it? How can we pray for them about that? Just them speaking that and getting it out of their head and off of their mind is a big relief. Because when we, you know, it's when we let things stew and roll around that it always causes issue. Some of the negatives of being in a, in a minister's family may be um, going on vacation and having to be called back because a church member has passed or they need their pastor there. That just goes along with it. It's heartbreaking to have to change your plans, but it's just part of the ministry and God will honor that. Um, there's been many times we've had phone calls in the evening time that interrupt our family. You know, you want your home to be a safe refuge for your husband and your kids um, where they can relax and be themselves. But when interrupted telephone calls or, you know, time when you're trying to spend some time with your family or, or, or have a meal together can be an obstacle in that um, just bringing that family together doesn't happen really often as much as it used to, I don't think for some, but, you know, just knowing that these things are going to interrupt our life, but it's our calling and God gives us uh, an, an opportunity to um, share with them that, that, that he's near them and that that pastor can give them encouraging. Um, some of the, the negatives that we could kind of, you know, that we think of sometimes is, um, that besides the loneliness and maybe cutting a vacation short or phone calls interrupting, but it's a lack of support in your church family. Where do you go to help encourage? Are you the encourager or are you part of the problem? We don't know. You know, sometimes we just, because we lose our focus when things are not where they need to be and we lose our focus on God. It's just like when, um, you know, Peter's on the water and, he sees Jesus and then he begins to, to he, he loses his focus and he starts to sink. Well, we do that too. And even when he, he got him back in the boat, the water and the, the water around him never stopped raging around. So just because we say, Lord, help us doesn't mean it's all, always going to go away, but it's going to be how he helps you that you'll be able to share that with somebody else. I have a ton of things that's happened to me and I've tried to bury them all because I didn't want to bring them back up again. But I have found this last year that it's time to talk about some of those things because the things that you go through now are definitely things that you'll be able to help somebody else with in the future and help them uh, get through their incidences. So look for areas that you can minister around you, whether it's in your community or in your church or um, just in your neighborhood. One thing that I like to do is I like to mentor the younger girls, the, the young women in our church. You know, they might have a baby that's been sick and colicky. And I want to be able to go to them and say, this is just a 
tiny little bit of time in your lifetime right now, that baby's going to get over this and you're going to, and, and I understand that what you're going through now is really rough, but let me pray with you right now to get you through that. And you look for those opportunities to minister around you and give help where it's needed. Young girls that are teenagers, same thing. Most precious thing that I think that we as a minister's wife, wives have uh, the ability to do is to hold someone else's secret. You know, a lot of times they don't know where to turn to. That person may be carrying a burden or something that they are um, have been dealing with for a long time. They don't want people to think bad of them. So they tend maybe just to keep it within. They don't sleep good at night. And, you know, it's just, it's a burden to carry all that stuff. And then when they're ready to release it and they find that you're the person that they trust to share that inf information with, that is a sweet, precious time. Not only have they given you their most inner thought and secret, but they are allowing you to let God speak to them because you are that intercessor for them at that very moment. And you can direct them in the right path that they need to go to. That's one of the most precious things I have um, felt like that I've had is to know that if a need was there and I was asked and nobody else was asked, that is a precious time that we have that we can intercede for them in prayer. God sees all and he knows all and he gives us the strength to go through whatever we need and, and, and gives us directions. And like I said, a lot of time my encouragement is going to retreats and leading a retreat if, if I can. I've got several coming up and, you know, it's only because of what God's shown me that I can help with somebody else. But music, I love music, scripture, God's word, sitting outside and just looking at the nature and just bathing in him and his prayer in prayer and in his word. He reveals himself so clearly. And that's what I would like for you too. anytime we hear unkind words about our family. Don't hold that bitterness. Like I said, it's fuel for unforgiveness. And when we don't forgive, it's really, really hard for us to keep doing our ministry as, as God's called us to do. My, you know, I guess the, the my, one of the most important ingredients of all of this is that you're not alone. Even though we didn't know, or I didn't know as a young girl, what I was getting into. I didn't know the hurts that I would have. I didn't know that sometimes church people can just be mean. But, you know, they still put their pants on one leg at a time and God still deals with them as he needs to. And he tries to help shelter us to keep us safe. But we also have to have that willingness to, to be there. Um, I have a scripture verse. It's Philippians 4, 8. I'm going to read it to you real quick. I, I've been calling this the whatever verse, the whatever. Because it's finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And that's what we need to look for. And then verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That is our safe place. That's where we get our strength because he has given us that opportunity and the heart to want to reach out to those around us. He wants us to share what we've learned. 
and he wants us to hear his voice and he wants us to hear his calling. And when he calls us into service, he will equip you for whatever you're doing right now. Even if you're just getting into the ministry with your mate or uh, you've been in it for a while and you're just kind of floundering. All he wants you to do is say, yes, Lord, I'm here for you. And he will equip you. If you think about all of the, the men and women that he used in the Bible that were murderers and thieves and um, womanizers and adulterers, he's all of them to proclaim his word. I can be used too. One of the last things that I wanted to mention um, is that is that personal relationship with the Lord. We have to spend time with him. We have to know where we're at with him. We have to know that we're in good standing with him because that helps us to be able to encourage women. Um, I, I like, um, there's another story that I wanted to tell real quick, but it's, it's the book of Esther. And if you've ever read it or haven't read it, you need to read it. Um, and I'm going to just paraphrase the story just to be quick, but you know, Esther came to the King as, um, a, a future bride of his because his other king had disobeyed him and it's like out with her and the court convinced him that he needed to have another queen on his side. So he got all the women, the virgins in the land, which he had many, many lands there and bring him, bring them to him. And he kind of worked with them for a year and got to know who they are and perfumed them. And, but he, his eye was on, Esther, because she was beautiful in his sight and he found favor with her and she was adored by the other people that were around her. But the king knew that he loved her so much that he was willing to give half his kingdom to her. But Mordecai was the, the uncle that brought Esther or watched over Esther as she was there and made sure that she did not really tell him who all that she was, that she was of Jewish ascent and that he, that she needed to keep that quiet because it could mean that she would no longer be able to stay in the, the, uh, his, his kingdom there. But it come to find out Mordecai had found out that there were people that were trying to plot to kill him and get rid of the Jews. And that's when he went to Esther and said, um, you know, now you need to tell the king who you are and what's going on because this is his life and he, and all the Jews are going to be destroyed. And so she did as he asked. She asked if she could have time with the, the king. But before she really did that, she kind of walked in on him. And one of the things you did not do is walk in on the king uninvited because that's one of the reasons he got rid of the first queen is because she refused to come to him just by her saying, nope, don't want to go. So she, he, he got rid of her, but he was able to talk. She was able to talk to the King and tell him what was going on. And because he adored her so much and was willing to give her half of his kingdom, he would give her anything that she asked. And he, and she basically told him about the men who were causing, were going to cause the destruction and kill all the Jews. She was able to save them. And the one thing that, that Mordecai said was, Esther, you are here for a time as this. And that's where I believe we are. I believe that we are here for this time to be able to share our faith, to share our experiences, to share 
and mentor those that are around us and just be who we are in Christ because he's told us all, I will equip you. You don't, you don't even have to know what's going on or what, what the plan is right now. And, and that's another thing is he knew the plan way before we did in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and not to fail you or harm you. And yet once we were conceived, that plan went into motion. So from the time for me, by the time that happened to 17 year old and then 18 year old getting married to 48 years later down the line, being married to a minister, he has brought me through all of those things. He has taught me along the way what I needed to know, either to live my life as a Christian woman, which we all want to have that and desire that, and also as a minister's wife. I just want to pray with you right now because he wants us to be so obedient to him and so love him that he's willing to work with what he has to work with. So, you know, our job is to be obedient and God's job is everything else. Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you so much for these women. I thank you, Lord, that they find encouragement through sharing with each other. Lord, that they find a friend if they don't have one. Lord, that you would just lift them up and bring them to you. And Father, that we as women of ministers, wives of husbands that are ministers, Father, that you continue to encourage us. Father, we have great responsibility on our shoulders, whether it's just to take care of our home or the home plus activities outside of that. Father, that you are aware of what we're going through and that we don't feel alone. And Lord, if we're in between churches even, Father, that you would just prepare them now, grow them where they're at, give them strength where they're at, Father, and put them in place of service where they need to be that you called them for. Unless you've released them, Father, they're still in your plan for whatever you have in store for them. Father, I just thank you for this time that you've given us, that you are the most gracious Heavenly Father, and you forgive, and we just trust you for whatever you're going to do and going forward. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Jackie, thank you so very much. Um, I tried to get as many notes in the comment, uh, comment section area uh, as possible. Um, and so um, it looks like we had a couple people watching on Facebook and a couple on YouTube. So um, Jackie, I right now just feel like um there's someone who was watching um a, a, a brand new pastor's wife uh, one that's been in the trenches for a while and has just been feeling hopeless and feeling like she wanted to give up but because of your message today you have encouraged her and you have given her uh strength uh, to be able to say, you know what, Jackie's been through it. And if she can get through it, I can get through it too. And so I just want to thank you on behalf of all the minister's wives here locally in Pennsylvania that are watching. But we have people watching uh, just about everywhere, Puerto Rico, uh, Dominican Republic, uh, Panama. Uh, and so on behalf of all the pastor's wives, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. Thank, Thank your you. husband for me. And um, next time I am in Texas, I will be giving you a call. Okay? Awesome. That would be great. All right, sweetie. Go yeah. ahead and stay in, the, um, stay in the green room and we'll chat in a little bit, okay? Yes. Take care. Thank you. Bye. 
Ladies, thank you for watching us on today. If you were watching live, um, make sure that you share this with your pastors, wives, friends. I know that there's a ministers meeting tonight here locally in Pennsylvania. And so most of my pastors, wives are at that ministers meeting tonight. Um, and so they'll be watching on replay. If you're watching on replay, please share. Um, I am going to be putting Jackie's information on uh, after we're done. Uh, I'm going to give you her website, her contact information. If you're having a woman's conference, if you're having an event uh, at your church, please invite Jackie to speak. She is an encourager um, and, uh, and she just loves the Lord. She loves women and she just loves pouring uh, into them what God has taught her in her many years as, as serving as a pastor's wife and in worship and all the different ministries that she's uh, involved in. So anywho, I love you with the love of Christ. God bless and we'll see you soon.